Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Good morning, church. How many of you are excited to be in the Father's house today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the Lord is good to us. Today I'm going to teach a, a very short sermon. Uh, and it's been, it's been something that I've been dealing with for quite a while, something I've been praying about quite a while. And uh, today I want to teach you about how to live in a dying culture. How to live in a dying culture. Uh, several universities got together uh, back in the 80s, and they started studying the characteristics of dying cultures uh, just before the culture basically jumped off the tracks and, and ceased to exist. Uh, and, and these are just some of the characteristics. And let these sink in. See if any of them sound familiar to you. Um, the cultures began outsourcing of major food and mechanical industries. Uh, they lost their borders or began to not enforce their borders. Uh, they had huge political discourse because of disease and or plagues. Uh, the overall devaluation of their currency. They had identity and cultural shifts. They lost connection with religions that established their rules. They had an increase of violence. And there was an overall lack of justice for crimes that were committed. Does that sound familiar to anybody in here? Wow, Pastor Josh, thanks for the encouragement, right? Yeah, it sounds really familiar. Matter of fact, all you have to do is turn the news on and it starts playing like a broken record what I just told you. Our society is dying. Wish I had better news for you. But guess what? For the last 2,000 years, in every one of those major societies, Christianity has been there. And guess what? Christianity is still standing today. So I guess what I'm going to teach you today is, is make sure you put your faith in the right thing so that way it'll be sustained, irrelevant of what happens to our culture. Amen? Can I tell you, faith in Jesus will last forever, uh, and, and it will never be unfounded. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story today. This actually took place in the Scripture. Around 597 B.C., a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, that's a mouthful, King Nebuchadnezzar laid siege, uh, to Israel, which was divided into two kingdoms at the time. He laid siege to the northern kingdom, which was called Judah. And while he laid siege to that kingdom, uh, he, he basically uh, used military might to cut off uh, their water source and their food source, shut off their trading. Uh, and basically, Nebuchadnezzar was a, a military strategist. He was, he was really good at uh, laying siege to cities. And so he laid siege to the northern kingdom, uh, and basically told them, said, I can fix all this for you if you would just sign a treaty to uh, be a Babylonian culture. Let me come in and just be the head of state. Uh, I'm not going to rob you of anything. I'm not going to take anything from you. You're still able to worship how you want to worship, do what you want to do. And that's how he would get started. And people would say, it sounds like a good deal. Let's sign the letter. Let's just not die. We can die of starvation, or we can let Nebuchadnezzar just kind of protect us and we do our own thing. But he had a sinister plan. His plan was to take over with the next generation because his first edict as the head of Judah was to send all of the brightest, youngest minds to Babylon so that they would be infused with his culture. 
Can I tell you, the devil's interested in infusing the next generation with his culture. It's a plan. He's done it for thousands of years. And he doesn't really have any new tricks. I've got to be honest with you. The devil's done the same thing over and over and over and over again. Well, he's doing it right now. So what happens is, is four of these players, of these young people that were transferred from Judah uh, to Babylon were talked about in Daniel chapter 1 in your Bible. And we're going to read today, Daniel chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 8. Start in verse 8, because if we're going to learn how to live in a dying culture, we have to go to the Word to figure this out. And the first thing I'll tell you, how do we live in a dying culture, is to be careful what you consume. Be careful what you consume, because what you consume can consume you if you're not careful. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 through 13, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. Let me stop there. Can I tell you, I don't care what's going on around you, you can have favor even in the midst of a storm. God will give you favor I don't care if the one will fall by your side and 10,000 at your right hand. The Bible says it won't come near your dwelling place. You are favored of the king. Amen. It says, And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then, would, then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He says, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So let me explain what's going on. They have been brought under the king's house they were to eat food from the king's table, to drink his wine, to live on the delicacies and the affluence of the king. In other words, the king is trying to get into their good graces and give them the best of everything that Babylon had to offer. In, order, in other words, he's trying to bait them with the best. What he doesn't realize is that he's dealing with four Jewish boys who know God's ways better than Nebuchadnezzar's way. Now, I submit to you, there's always going to be a remnant of people that are going to do it God's way, not the devil's way. So here's what happens. They get to Babylon, and he says, guys, listen, you're going to eat better than you've ever ate. You're going to drink. You'll be able to sleep late. You're going to do everything, and you're just going to relax, and I'm going to slowly ingratiate you with the culture of Babylon. And Daniel says, uh, i got a problem with that. We've been raised with a law that says there's certain foods that are unclean. And those unclean things we can't touch. One of those unclean things is fermented drink. We can't partake in that, according to Jewish culture. By the way, it's irrelevant, the meat that you're cooking, even if it is clean meat, it has to be prepared in a certain way. And if I can't see the way it's prepared, then I can't guarantee it's clean. So I can't partake in anything protein-wise other than vegetables. And I need you to bring those to me raw so that I can prepare them the way God told me to prepare them. And this eunuch doesn't know how to handle that. And this eunuch says, don't you realize what you're going to do? The king has given you the best. 
And if I go back to the king and tell him that you have declined his best, he's probably going to cut my head off. And Daniel says, I got a plan. Let us eat the way God has called us to eat. And if we consume what God has told us to consume, come check on us in 10 days. And if we aren't stronger than those who are doing it his way, then we'll start doing it Nebuchadnezzar's way as well. And so they agreed to it. Ten days go by of them eating vegetables and water and really doing it God's way. And at the end of those ten days, Nebuchadnezzar sees that these four boys are so much stronger, so much smarter, so much healthier than the rest of them that he says, forget my way, we're going to do it God's way from here on out. Can I tell you, God is looking for a people who will say, I'm not going to do it the world's way, I'm going to do it God's way. And see, the world is always changing. So if you stand on something that doesn't change, the world has to change to you. It has to amend to you. It has to bend to you because we will not change. Can I tell you, the Bible says the word of God endures forever. And if you stand on that, you are not shaken. Amen. So be careful what you consume. Can I tell you, I get emails and I love emails. I love emails. I love hearing from you. But I know what the president's doing. I don't need to hear that again. I know what's going on politically. And you know what? I'll be honest. I ain't worried about it. I'm not worried about it. The truth is, is according to the scripture, I'm just kind of passing through. Anybody else just kind of passing through in here? Anybody else an alien in their home country now? Anybody else got their passport stamped for glory? Anybody else just kind of waiting for the trumpet to sound? Is there anybody else in here that ain't worried about Joe Biden or Donald Trump or elephants or donkeys or nothing in between? Okay, good, good. Because, see, I get these emails. People are like, Pastor, I, I can't find peace because such and such and such and such happened. Baby, that's because you got your peace in the wrong palace. You have put your peace in Nebuchadnezzar's house. Your peace belongs in your father's house, which does not shake and it will never crumble. That's how we sustain our peace. We put it in Christ Jesus, right? Another thing. Lord, help me do this without being mean. How dare you turn your children over to the wolves? You give a baby an iPad and then you don't watch what they're watching? And see, I can, I can, I can put it to you hard that way because I have failed in that area myself. You better watch what they're watching. This internet thing is a blessing and a curse. It is a window to your house. You can pipe in heaven or the devil can pipe in hell. You hear me? You better be careful what your little eyes are consuming. We used to sing that song when we were little. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little eyes what you see. Because the Lord up above is filling us with love. Be careful little eyes what you see. And then when you thought that was enough, it's a be careful little ears what you hear. So why are our teenagers? What? 
Let me just quote some little John for you. What? No, okay. Now, no, here, here's, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. I'm saying what because I'm thinking, what are you thinking? And then you think your way is better than God's way. So I'm saying, okay. I can't help you then. I can't help you then. But see, if you will be like these four Jewish boys and say, I appreciate the luxuries. I appreciate the pleasantries. I appreciate that the whole football team may listen to that music, but I'm not going to listen to that music. I appreciate that you may use that kind of language. I appreciate that you may treat your spouse this way. But God's called me to a different way. And I'm going to do it God's way. And listen, if you do it God's way for 10 days in a row, then go compare yourself in your house to what's going on in the rest of the world. You'll have a peace that's beyond understanding. You'll have a joy that doesn't come from yourself. Can I tell you something? Go do it God's way and you'll be blessed. Be careful what you consume. Get these emails. People talking about, did you see the news, Pastor? You know what? I quit watching the news. I started reading it. Because every time I watch this, boom, 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 red alert. Red alert. The country's on fire. Red alert. Then they put some talking head on there who's an extremist on one side or the other. I can't believe this is happening in America. Just stop with the nonsense. Just relax, baby, relax. There's another song I used to sing when I was a baby. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his. So I ain't worried about the news. I ain't worried about the politics. Do I vote? Oh, I vote. But then I put it in Jesus' hands. So you got to be careful what you consume because what you consume can't consume you. You got to be wise, just like these four Hebrew boys. Now, later on, um, we see what this did in their lives and how it affected them. Even before this, these four Hebrew boys knew point number two. You had to surround yourself with like-minded people. You see, I tell this to my kids all the time. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You see, you got to be careful what's going inside of you and be careful what's around you. Can I tell you, there are people around you that look like sheep, but they got wolves' teeth. I said, they're right. They look like sheep. They look like sheep. Can I, can I warn you? Some of them even sitting in here right now. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. But can I tell you this? They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. That's what the scripture says. Because the same people that talk bad about you run their mouth about me. Can't wait to get out of here fast and not run their mouth about this church. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay because it ain't my flesh on the line anyway. This is Jesus' house. This ain't Josh's house. So let me, let me lay it to you like this. Who you are around is drafting through divine ways what your future is going to be. 
So why are God's people surrounded by the drama kings and queens of the world? And then we expect to have peace in our homes. <laughs> That's like tearing the roof off and expecting not to get wet when it rains. You're a fool. Can I tell you something? If you're surrounded by people who live on chaos, you too better learn to enjoy chaos. If you're surrounded by hate mongers, you better get good with your hands because they're going to be fighting all the time and eventually that fight will come your direction. Can I tell you, who is around you makes a difference. And let me just, let me just finish this up real quick and I'm going to turn you loose and go get a, a small group, maybe two or three, five, six, whatever you want. Um, Daniel chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says, Now from among those of the sons of Judah, there were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, he gave him the name Shadrach. To Mishael, he gave him the name Meshach. And to Azariah, he gave him the name Abednego. Now, here's what's interesting. At no point do either of these four call each other their new names. At no point do you see any of these four boys going by the Babylonian name to each other. Because see, the truth is, is that Daniel was given the name Daniel by his Jewish parents, and it meant God is my judge. So when Hananiah called Daniel by his God-given name, it reminded him of who his God was. Can I tell you, you better surround yourself with people who will speak God's word to you. Check this out. Check this out. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Daniel, the Hebrew name, God is my judge. Belteshazzar, the Babylonian name, was Bel will protect or favored by Baal. Baal is the national god of the Babylonians. By speaking his name, by calling him other than Daniel, they were exalting a false god in his life. Hananiah, which meant God has been gracious unto me, was given the name Shadrach. Also means illuminated by Rakhal Ra, the sun god. Mishael, which means in, in Hebrew, who is what God is. They gave the name Meshach, which belongs to Shaq, the wine goddess. It was a female name. They shifted his gender with a name. And Daniel and his friends said, God made you a man. We're going to honor you as a man. We're not going to let culture come in here and confuse you as to who you are and what you are. Azariah, in Hebrew, meant God has helped. They gave him the name Abednego the servant of Nego or the servant of Nebo, the child of Baal. It's a gender fluid God. They're basically saying that you're a eunuch. You're no more male or female. You're whatever we're going to tell you to be based on the day. Can I tell you, there were only four that continued to remember their God. There were only four. Theologians tell us that they took between 10 and 18,000 out of Israel and took them to Babylon, just out of the northern kingdom, Judah. Four remembered to stand. Well, some years later, Daniel had been promoted as a prophet 
and as a, a, a literal, a, a wise man of the king. And so it left his three brothers to kind of work amongst themselves. And one day when Daniel was praying, his three brothers were in the marketplace and Nebuchadnezzar let pride completely consume him. And he created an altar and this image of himself. And he tells people across the city, when this horn blows, you'll bow down and you'll worship me. You'll worship this image. Even after I'm gone, you'll, every day you'll bow down and you'll worship this image. And so he says, we're going to have a trial run tomorrow around lunch. And you hear the trumpet blow, drop to your knees. It lasts a few minutes. You'll be back on your way. Everybody enters in to this giant courtyard in the middle of the city where this huge statue was. And the horn blows and everyone bows. Except there's a little crowd way back in the back. And Nebuchadnezzar says, blow, blow, the, blow the horn again. I, I don't think they heard. Hang on, hang on. There's, there's three of those Hebrew kids. They're good kids. Sound the horn again. Sound the horn louder. And now Nebuchadnezzar realizes they ain't deaf. They are standing in resistance because they only bow to the one true living God. Now watch this. Watch this. Blow the horn again. And if anyone doesn't bow, I'm going to throw you in the furnace. The horn blasts again. And these three Jewish boys are in the back just standing there. No guarantees of life, but a hope of glory. And they stand there in the face of a king, in the face of the furnace. And he says, that's it, bring them up here. They're going to make a mockery out of me. I'm going I'm I'm to make a mockery out of them. And so the boys come up. And he says, in case you didn't hear, we're going to sound these horns one more time. And if you don't bow, you're going in the furnace. So they blow the horns again. And now in front of everybody, they don't bow. And so the king gets irate. He says, turn the furnaces up seven times hotter. See, this is what I love. The devil always overplays his hand. Because the minute he mentioned the number seven, it reminded those Hebrew boys that God was in their midst. The number seven speaks of God's goodness. The number seven speaks of his completion. The number seven speaks that we're never alone. Speaks of a holy God. And so for the king to drop the number seven in that moment, that's all they had to hear. The fire got so hot that the men that were stoking the fire burned up. They blowed the trumpet again. They would not die. He said, that's it, put them in the fire. The men who threw the boys in the fire burned up. Check this out. The king, in all of his anger, he's watching the furnace. And he looks over at one of his chiefs and he says, I thought we threw three boys in that fire. And they said, oh, king, we definitely threw three. It's Shadrach, 
Meshach, and Abednego. And the king looks back in the fire and he goes, wait a second. There's four in there moving around. And they're not being burned. Something's going on in that fire. And he says, based on the books that we found when we took Judah, I perceive that fourth one to be the son of God. And they pulled him out of the fire. And the Bible says that they didn't even smell of smoke. Can I tell you, when, baby, when you do it God's way, you won't have anything but the essence of your father about you. You won't stink the way the world stinks. You won't smell the way the world smells. People will notice that there's something different about you. Even your essence will be different than the world. And so King Nebuchadnezzar turned to him and he said, I've never seen anything like this. He said, from now on, we're going to do it God's way. Can I tell you, if anything is going to save a dying culture, it's God's people living to their fullest. Stand up on your feet. I want to pray for you. I could preach on this all day. I was in prayer a couple nights ago. And the Lord told me, he said, you know, I never quit calling Daniel, Daniel. He said, I call him Daniel to this very day. He said, when I was in the fire, I wasn't in there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, I was in there with Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He said, I'm the God who does not forget. And as I have named you, you will remain named. But I had a shouting party at my own house. Can I tell you, God has labeled you his child. I don't care what the world tries to do to you, through you, around you. You are just his child still. And you're going to go through some fires, man. I promise you that. As this thing wraps up, baby, the, the persecution is going to ratchet up. But can I tell you the church is funny that way? The harder you press, the wider we spread. You press us, we multiply. Why? Because you don't press us. You press the God in us. So I'll tell you, as things intensify, so must our worship. As, 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 as this world gets sicker, our response to heaven must be healthier and more full. I challenge you, be like Daniel and these three boys. This is what I'll give you for the next 10 days. The next 10 days, it's a 10-day challenge for you and your house. Only consume the things of God for 10 days. It's hard. It's not easy. You might have to retune your radio. You might have to clean up your Spotify account a little bit. Right? You might have to change what you're reading at night. You definitely have to change what you're watching. But can I tell you something? If you'll do it God's way, just 10 days from now, 
I promise you this, you will walk with more joy. You'll walk with more peace. You'll walk with a hope that this world don't even understand. Because it ain't from the world we got it. Right? I got to quit. Y'all got to get small groups. Listen, listen. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to do it God's way. Right? I want you to do it God's way. That's what I tell my kids. If you do it God's way, even when persecution comes, you ain't walking alone. Do it God's way. Surround yourself with the right people. Put the right things in you and the right people around you and can nothing happen to you. Amen. Lord, we love you. Give us wisdom from your word today. Thank you for the time and worship that we had. Lord, here's what I'm praying. I pray every week our worship will intensify. I pray every week we will experience a newness of your kingdom and the throne room of God that will pour out on your people. Change what we can't change. But Lord, the things we can change, give us the strength to do it. This 10-day challenge, help us to walk in it, to function in it. Be careful what we consume. And then teach us that it's okay to love certain people from a distance. Let us be okay with that. Give us that kind of resolve to pull those who think like we think and who love you the way we love you. Let us draw close to those relationships. I thank you, Lord, for an opportunity today. Let us have the wisdom to, to link up in these small groups and have these opportunities to, to truly get to know like-minded people. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. Certainly not the foolishness of this world. We choose the wisdom of the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, that you give it freely. Bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word locked away in our heart and we will give you the glory, the honor, and the praise because you alone are worthy. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.